Do you encounter a range of difficulties when it comes to communication and ADHD? Blurting things out, interrupting, not being able to structure your ideas so that what you say makes sense. The list goes on, right? Good news is, it's possible to communicate with more clarity. It takes practice, but you can become better at it. To kick off Season 2 of the Phenomenally ADHD podcast, let's explore why communication is such a challenge and what skills you can develop to help you improve. Welcome to the show. Honey, have you seen my keys? Huh, forget it. They're in my hand. There's more to ADHD than being easily distracted, scattered, or a master procrastinator. Being different is not a disability, and it's about damn time we break free from the shackles of society's labels and stigma. Hey there, I'm Zarina Boali, a French-Canadian journalist who found out had a uniquely wired brain at 40 and became a certified ADHD coach. This podcast brings forth a different perception of ADHD to help you amplify your brilliance and phenomenally stand out. Thanks for flying with us. Have a great day. Ready to blast off? Three, two, one. Welcome aboard. happy to be here for our weekly rendezvous. I'm so enthusiastic to talk about communication. It's something that really ignites one of my passion, and that is connecting with people. The way we communicate today is very different than it was 30 years ago when I began studying journalism, and that was back in 1993. At the time, the internet wasn't part of our life yet, and It was coming out, but we were still writing cards, sending letters, and talking on the phone a lot more often than we do today. As far as I can remember, I've always been amazed at how many things we can create with 26 letters, and to this day, I believe the alphabet is one of the most and greatest inventions of all. What's even more amazing is that I can communicate in both English and French, and I'm so grateful that it allows me to do my work in both languages. I also feel lots of pride in having written a book in French and one in English. My love for words and communication is profound, and I try to not take for granted this ability we have to talk or communicate. But finding out 10 years ago ADHD was part of my life gave me a new perception on how we communicate, and I was able to understand so many things from the challenges I had in school in trying to sit and listen to the teacher to becoming conscious that the words I use have an impact on so many things. There's definitely something that intrigues and fascinates me about ADHD, and it is how it impacts and influences how we communicate. You're having a conversation, and the other person says one word. It can be sun, plane, beach, 
or anything else that brings you back to the vacation you took 10 years ago with your spouse before the kids were born. One word is all it takes to have your mind wander off, stop being present and engaged with the person you're having the conversation with. When you do come back, you have a vague or no idea at all of what the other person said while you dozed off. Or maybe you snapped out of it and came back because they asked you if you were listening or if you were with them. This also happens if the conversation you're having is of no interest to you and you can't stand the torture. You pretend you are listening when in fact you're wondering when the conversation is going to end or how to find a way to escape it. If, on the contrary, the conversation is interesting but not going fast enough for your brain, you either interrupt the other person or get impatient because it's taking too long to get from point A to point B. However, when you tell a story, you tend to give a lot of details or share stuff about you that would be better if kept to yourself. This has happened to me so many times and friends would tell me to just get to the point or ask where I was going with that. Sound familiar? First thing I want to say, even if you probably already know, you don't do this on purpose. We don't mean to interrupt. We don't mean to wander off. We don't mean to not pay attention. But it's the impression it gives to our spouse, our friends, our boss or work colleagues. When you figure out how your brain functions, not only does it allow you to improve how you communicate by paying attention to what is actually happening during the conversation, but you can also have less challenges in expressing what you want to say. You're also able to transform what may come across as excuses into explanation, and I'll talk more about that later in the show. I'm sure you'll agree with me if I tell you that the ADHD brain is a super fast engine. When we find ourselves in a conversation, we may get impatient or impulsive even when the pace is not moving as fast as our brain is. Just think about a conversation with a friend that also has ADHD. What happens? We talk a lot, fast and loud. The subject changes every two minutes and yet we always seem to be able to follow one another. One way to help you communicate better when in a conversation that is not moving fast enough is to downshift, slow down your brain. How do we do that? Connect with your body by bringing your attention to your toes and ask yourself, Am I being present right now? If the answer is no, you've become aware of what's happening. Something that might help is having an object to fidget with either in your hand or pocket and don't hesitate to tell the other person that it helps you pay attention. I remember a few years back being in a meeting and you know how dreadful long meetings are for us, right? At the time, I knew that Playing Diamond Back on my iPad helped me focus and listen to the conversation. At one point during the meeting, someone made a comment on how I wasn't paying attention by being on my iPad. 
with my badass attitude, I looked at her and blurted out that, on the contrary, I wasn't being rude and disrespectful. Playing on my iPad was helping me to listen to the conversation instead of dozing off because I was bored. Frankly, I didn't really care if it just came out without me thinking of it first. She had no idea what she was talking about, which after that, well, she knew what was really going on. Another ADHD aspect that I believe impacts communication is thoughts bombardment and being afraid that if we don't say what we have to say right now, well, it will just disappear. It's hard to communicate effectively when we have racing thoughts and it's merely impossible to filter what comes out of our mouth or not. What you need to know is that unlike non-ADHDers, we can't inhibit our responses as easily as they do. The time between the impulse and the actions is extremely short. We're talking seconds here. And that's why we need to practice pausing since the ability to do so is not something we know how to do automatically. That's why we blurt out uncensored thoughts and feelings without thinking of the consequences, its appropriateness, or timing. Interrupt inappropriately because we're afraid we'll lose what we want to say. Tend to overshare. Take a joke or tease too far. Lash out before checking if what we heard is correct. For example, an impulsivity challenge at work could look something like you're jumping up from your desk every time you have a question. The urge is so strong that it's preventing you from being able to hold your questions and ask your manager if he or she has time to answer them. Instead, you end up interrupting your boss or colleague eight or ten times in the morning. That can be annoying, and if you can't explain it, not only is it affecting your communication with your boss, but it also affects the working relationship you two have. What is actually happening is that the exhilaration of the new grabs you and drags you off track very easily. What may also be happening is you fear making mistakes and the insecurity it creates is actually making you need to validate everything to make sure you meet your boss's expectations. This definitely has something to do with ADHD, but it can also be linked with the five drivers, also known as counter-injunctions, and they are be strong, be perfect, try hard, please others, hurry up. What these drivers do is that they neutralize the injunctions of childhood when obeyed and they act as a safety net. I won't go any further because there will be a podcast episode on that topic as it's a great way to understand behaviors and patterns. Now, let's look at another aspect of communication and the discomfort we feel when not expecting a question or to share our opinion. We feel completely lost and we have no idea what they're talking about. We freeze because we have no idea what to say. We're trying to find the right answer and don't know what it is. 
It's like when we were in school and the teacher would pick a random student in class to ask a question to. I used to hope, wish, and pray that the student wouldn't be me. Were you like that too? What's interesting is that at the University of Waterloo in Canada, research demonstrated that problems with communication and interacting when it comes to ADHD is linked to the ability to consider the perspective of others that's reduced compared to people who do not have ADHD. Professor Elizabeth Nilsson, PhD, co-author of the studies, explained that in conversation, individuals need to pay attention to the knowledge and perspective of one another. The ability to see the perspective of the other is essential for successful communication, allowing each speaker to modify their response or reaction accordingly. In another study, undergrad students with varying levels of ADHD symptoms were observed. Participants were asked to follow instruction on how to move object in a display case based on direction from another person who had an obstructed view of some of the items. Video cameras captured where the participants were looking as they heard the instructions. Those with ADHD made more errors interpreting which items they were asked to move based on their partner's limited view of the object. We say that knowledge is power, right? When you have a better understanding of how your brain operates and how ADHD impacts your life, what may sound like excuses become explanation. You also stop covering what you don't understand about yourself and for which you feel guilt and shame. Excuses have an impact on ourselves and our relationships. They occur when we are uneducated, defensive, and they only serve to support negative behavior and limiting thinking patterns. They occur when we are uneducated, defensive, and they only serve to support negative behavior and limited thinking patterns, cause us to lower our own self-expectations, and they frequently keep us stuck. Excuses also hold us back on our growth and personal responsibility. Explanations, however, do the exact opposite. They bring understanding, knowledge, and allow us to appreciate how our ADHD brain works so it's a lot easier to find the right words to explain what is actually going on with us, how and why we do things the way we do without feeling guilty or shameful. It becomes easier to articulate clearly what will work and support our success. Explanations empowers us to take ownership for our results and outcome in a proactive, confident way, so it's good for our self-esteem. That's the power of knowledge on how you communicate and help people understand ADHD better, so don't hesitate to click the link in the show notes to reach out if you have any questions, and I will be so glad to take time to answer them. Knowledge also means having a clear understanding that you may know exactly what you want to say, but you can't find the right words. So I've already mentioned that, but 
what is actually going on? It's like the words are stuck in a traffic jam in your head. Well, you're looking for the right words and you're maybe looking to not use the wrong ones. And if you have brain fog and no idea what you're talking about, that can be a factor and that can explain why it is so challenging. Here's something that can help. Taking your time. There's no hurry and it may take a few minutes, but that's okay. Breathe and allow yourself to gather your thoughts. And because you understand how your brain works, then saying to the other person, you know what, I'm having a hard time coming up with the right word or saying it in a way you'll understand where I'm going with this. Well, that becomes a lot easier. Another thing that might affect our communication is standing too close to the person that we're talking to because we have a hard time or don't know if we're in the other person's bubble. <laughs> in my case, I really don't appreciate when people are standing too close to me. Like, you know, I'm in line at the grocery store and I can almost feel the other person breathing down my neck. That irritates me so much. And during COVID, I can tell you that one of the restrictions I had no problem following was standing two meters away from the person in front and behind me. That being said, what else impacts our communication? Sometimes we miss certain details or nuances that we never understand or do so a few days later. Like, you know, the light bulb just goes off and say, oh my God, that's what they meant. Or, oh, I could have said that. Or I could have answered th that. I, I could have given that answer. Other things such as monitoring everything we say because of past social slip-ups, rambling, and monopolizing the conversation can also be added to the list. This happens to me especially when I'm talking about something that I'm very passionate about or that really lights me up. I will just talk and talk and talk and talk really, really fast because I'm so excited and, and enthusiastic about it. So when I wasn't conscious of it, well, I didn't even see me going on and on and on. Now I'm able to say to the other person, hey, you know what? I mean, I've been talking and talking and talking. Now it's your turn. But that also happens because many of us are verbal processors. We need to talk it over to organize our thoughts, sort through our emotions, or try to make sense of something. You may not know this, but the need to verbally process something is linked to cognitive hyperactivity. It happens often in coaching sessions where clients will tell something in great details and length because they're trying to figure it out. Verbal processors are seeking clarity around an idea, accuracy of a statement, or the practicality of an activity. They are caught on a new idea, thought, or emotion, or on something they've held inside a long time. That's why, as a coach, 
I will allow them to talk it out so they understand, but at the same time, I'll reflect their words and physical communication back to them. Other times, I'll just point out how they are saying something or the words they're using or even the energy in which they are speaking to allow them to have access to the information they may not get otherwise. One thing that is important to know about verbal processor is that if we are working out an idea and we are interrupted, we may have to start over again. And that, my friend, can be extremely frustrating. I never really thought I was a verbal processor until I did my coaching training. And it all comes back to better understanding ourselves, our brain, and how it functions. One of the things that made a huge difference for me was knowing my learning styles. Yes, doing the test revealed that I have more than one depending on what I'm learning and the context in which I am learning. Sometimes seeing images works perfectly. Sometimes I need to do it, but I may also have to talk it over to understand and make sure that I got the steps, you know, correctly. Now, I want to share with you a few other tips that you can use to try developing better communication skills. Use your curiosity. Like, I mean, we are curious beyond compare. So when you are curious about the other person, what she is saying, and you do that by asking her or him questions, well, it will help you stay engaged. So make sure that you ask questions that not only will help you stay engaged, but that will actually get the conversation going, you know, in the way you want it to go so that you stay connected with the person. When you feel that you're about to interrupt, take a deep breath instead. And if there's more than one people talking and you have someone that really knows you well beside you, well, just ask them to maybe kick your foot or, you know, just kick your arm gently so that you become conscious that, oh my God, you interrupted. So, and don't feel sorry for it. Like, I mean, you don't need to apologize for every single thing that, you know, you do that is not what we expect in our society. But, you know, just having someone having your back is something that can really, really help. And the other thing that will also help is repeat whatever the uh, well, not whatever, but repeat what the other person is saying. So maybe not repeat everything. Like, I mean, we don't want you to become a parrot, but uh, just repeat what the other person is saying when you're not sure you understand, when you feel like you're about to slip off. I mean, that is just a little trick that can be very helpful. These can also help if you fight a lot with your spouse. Um, and here again, knowledge about how ADHD impacts your communication is key. And by training your brain manager, the one responsible for executive functions, 
such as thoughts, your communication can cause less misunderstandings, frustrations, and resentments in your relationship. Why is that important? Because challenges such as forgetfulness, impulsivity, poor organization skills, emotional outbursts, and lack of money management skills are all triggers that can lead to a fight. That's also where your understanding of ADHD will make it easier for you to explain instead of sounding like someone giving excuses. I hope this episode helped you better understand how ADHD impacts communication, what you can do to improve the way you communicate, and I just can't wait till next week to connect with you again. I so appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you. If this episode resonated with you, let me know what valuable insight you're taking away and how you can implement it right now. Don't hesitate to leave a review on your favorite platform and share on social media. Until next time on Phenomenally ADHD, own your genius because you rock just the way you are.